0: your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we have a very exciting guest on today's show. Before we get to that introduction, I do want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes and this episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get a tasty, affordable food item. It is an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I am loving it. And what I also am loving is that we are joined by Tim Jenkins of Jenkins Elite. Tim, uh, we had you on a couple months ago talking about Alex Padilla and the use of a quarterback coach. Very good time, well timed here because Alex Padilla is now making his first start against Minnesota. Played a lot of the game against Northwestern, did some really amazing things, and I thought, who would be better to bring on than you? Because I am not a quarterback guru. You are also, you are, and you also coach Alex Padilla, and you graded his game. So we have you on the show to talk about that. Um, how did you like though? Before we got into anything else, how did you like our new intro music? Last time we were on Zoom, right. now we got this beautiful restream going. Yeah, you're just crushing it.
1: Yeah. Every yeah. time I jump on, you guys got a new thing upgraded. You know, next yeah. thing I know, you're gonna be sitting in a brand new studio.
0: Dude, that would be wild. Just all <laughs> sorts of autographs behind me. It'll be it'll be phenomenal. I got the Chris Harris Jr. now. I got the Von Miller autograph. Cool. I'm ready to roll. So but uh Tim, so the key thing here is Alex Badia is starting against Minnesota, but we want to talk about how he performed against Northwestern. And um, we talked a little bit pre-show, but to give you some context, I know you've followed Iowa football, especially you're very interested. Um and in, you know, into what Alex is doing on the, the football field. We've had an interesting situation. Spencer Petras goes 6-2 and two his first year as a starter. This upcoming, this year he goes 6-0. He struggles against Purdue. He struggles against Wisconsin. The offense just kind of bottoms out entirely, and he gets hit pretty hard against Wisconsin. He goes down, seems like he has an injury issue, against Northwestern, threw two balls in the dirt. They decided we're putting Alex Badia in. Now we have a full-blown quarterback controversy on our hands because Alex Badia looked, Phenomenal, in my opinion. And Spencer is also the starter preseason. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I think Minnesota, in my opinion, is really the test to say, can Alex do it here? And if he does, I think it's his job to lose. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, well, one right now, you you know, Spencer's dealing with an injury, it looks like. So I think when you see somebody who's like dealing with an injury, it's kind of easier as a coach, right? Because if I'm the head coach, I'm sitting there and it's like, hey, we're just going to play the healthy kid. So to me, it's like in the short term, it's easy because you're going to you're obviously making a move or it looks like you're making a move to someone who's healthy. And again, when you look at I think if Padilla would have gone against Northwestern and struggled, this would be a different conversation. Right. The fact is he went in, he did well. I'm sure the team feels confident about him. So then it's like, OK, we could probably let this kid run against Minnesota and, and we'll be OK. The interesting thing's going to be if this continues for Alex right which is hey if he keeps having success and the offense looks the way it did in the Northwestern game what do you do if Spencer's healthy right that's where there becomes the that's when it really becomes a controversy I think right now it's pretty cut and dry because it's hey we've got a kid we've got to get healthy and then we've got another guy who is healthy and 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 we feel confident with him so I think the short term it's it's easy the long term is where this is going to get confusing the long term is like every college football program, where it's like you have so many factors going into it, right? Hey, if you play one kid, does the other transfer? Who are you more like? Who are you less will like? Who do you want to lose less, right? I think yeah. that's really what it comes down to. And you know, listen, you saw it in Alabama a couple of years ago with Jalen Hurts and, and and Tua, and and you see it happen all the time, where it's you know for some reason or another, another guy gets an opportunity and then he does well. And then from the coaching perspective, you're sitting there with the portal now and you're saying, okay, who do I want to lose less? And then that's usually who you end up going with. But I do think if I'm an Iowa fan, it's an exciting time because you're kind of you getting a, a look at a kid that, that I'm sure when you were watching games early in the season, you were like, man, I'd love to get a look at him. But when you're the number three team in the country, how do you justify making any moves, right? Yep. Like it's like we're winning and we're winning big time football games. It's hard to make a move now where you're at. You know, it's one of those things that you can make a move and 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 really see what you have, and you know, then you're going to end up getting second guessed of, hey, why wasn't this made earlier? But uh, I think anytime you're the number three team in the country, it's just hard to make changes like that.
0: When you're going off a win against Penn State, you can't be like, oh wait, you know what? Our quarterback didn't play the best. Let's yeah. uh, let's make a change now. Um, it, it was very interestingly timed. I'm I'm excited for Alex. Uh, it's tough to come in. I think, and you can probably speak to this as well, but. If you're a number two quarterback, you're not getting starter reps. You're not getting a lot of reps of those ones. You're not getting a lot of the time on the field that the, the Spencer Petrus is, and you're not getting that gameplay. So to come in in a Big Ten game against a Northwestern team that, yes, they are down this year, but Northwestern is always a tough opponent to play, and you're playing at Ryan Field, granted a little bit of home field advantage because 70% of that fan base there was, was Iowa fans because Northwestern's a terrible fan base. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless, like that is a tough place. That's a tough time to come into, and then to make the throws he did, Iowa started off a little bit slow. You had that tight end screen just getting him comfortable. But very quickly, he turned on the Jets. I mean, And he had a very clear connection with Keegan Johnson and with with, uh, Arlen Bruce, I thought, between those three. And it makes sense because he's been practicing with those guys since they've got here. So he has that connection. Keegan has been a guy who's just been waiting to explode. And Alex was there to give him a chance. What did you see on that first drive? for Iowa with Alex Badia in, what did you kind of notice? And would you have any improvement or feedback that you would have given Alex on that? I'm sure you actually probably already did.
1: Yeah. I already given Alex. All, <laughs> yeah, I'm giving him all he can handle. I, uh, no, I think so when I watched the tape in all honesty, here's, here's where I kind of came down on it. So I was a run first team. Like that doesn't like everybody knows that, like I'm not like blowing anyone's brains right now, but when you're sitting there and you're watching, what does like it, it Okay, so a defense got to choose. Am I going to play two high or or single high, right? A lot of teams are going to play single high against Iowa because they want to crowd the box and stop the run. So the first throw, so the tight end screen removed that, but the first actual throw Alex makes on the deep over route, that's an NFL throw that every single NFL team runs, a play called Samurai where you have a deep post and a deep over. Every NFL team runs it against single high safety. When I'm a defensive coordinator looking to prepare for Iowa, and now that I have a kid that I feel like, okay, if I get in a single high, he's going to make me pay because what did he do on the next one? What did he do on the next pass play? Oh, he gets single high man and he has quick game to the field. We call it like not Iowa, but we call it a Jacob's yep. late stick. So you just have a stick concept to the field and you have backside one-on-one. Hey, we're going to, if you get the, if you get one-on-one throw the go. And what does he do? He rips a Perfect. beautiful 50-50 ball. Yeah. So now it's like, so now you have to think of it from, the perspective of the potential D coordinator. So do I go into too high? So you can't gash me with deep overs and single, you know, one-on-one shots. Well, then I was going to run the ball. And then what they do, they handed it off on inside zone and the kid broke it for a 15 yard touchdown. Yep. So people are like, well, you know, I've seen on Twitter, a lot of people say, well, the run game started improving. No duh. Right. Yeah. Like no S H I T. It started improving because if you can't play single high, it's of course going to get better. Cause now there's seven in the box. So I think, that's what i really saw change and then i'm gonna be honest i'm obviously biased but you sit there and it's like (laughs) the kid ended with 187 yards let's be real he should have ended with like 240 and two touchdowns because the in break that he threw off of a bad snap was probably the best throw i saw in college football and this week i had to study malik willis and all those you know and the corral kid first round
0: quarterbacks to be fair yeah
1: and (laughs) like that in cut off of a bad snap was probably the best throw i i I saw a week that should have been a touchdown
0: Hey, y'all, I want to quickly step in and tell you that this episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by McDonald's proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up with a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping on on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel personally. And high school is always after a baseball game. And college is always after a long night out. And now with my wife pregnant, we go there honestly almost every Friday and Saturday because she's always craving a delicious McDonald's treat. McDonald's is a place to go where you want to refuel and reconnect. And did someone say, Locked On Hawkeye's watch party? Personally, McDonald's is a place to be. ba da ba ba I am loving it. I want to thank you all for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube. All you need to do is search Lockdown Hawkeyes.
1: And then they run the double deep over where those guys rub down the red zone. And he throws a ball that it's like, it's a tough catch, but like...
0: You got to come down also, with it.
1: Yeah, so to <laughs> me, there was so much, I think, excitement. I do think that obviously the big thing is can you do it again, right? And and I think that's where, you know, Iowa fans are going to want to see it again. And don't get me wrong, you know, there was was an end cut that he dirted that that's got to get improved. And then there were some other throws that just got away from him. I thought the scramble drill on third down that he ended up throwing that kind of went high on him. Mm -hmm. I think that's the kind of stuff that Iowa fans should be excited about because Alex can get out of the pocket. He ain't going to run for 60 yards and score. So don't get like, juiced up like you got Lamar Jackson back there. But the way that he extends the play is going to be really valuable in those third and you know third and medium situations where you can't really run it and then play action's not as effective. Those third and mediums where he can be in the gun and get out of the pocket and extend it, he'll start hitting those, and that's going to be something that's going to add another dimension to this offense. But like I said, I think the bottom line is if I'm an Iowa Hawkeyes fan and I can force a defense to play cover two – like, I don't know if you guys have ever, uh, maybe, I, I'm not, a like it's not like I've been watching, yeah. but I think the <laughs> last time was maybe Drew Tate, that you're forcing teams into cover, into a too high shell. And if you force them into a too high shell, that's beautiful because what they're best at is gashing you in the run game anyway. So I do yep. think that's where these things go. So hand in hand and why you like to see the ball get pushed down the field and shoot, man. It, I mean, it was fun to watch. And I I think the all 22 that I was able to you know, sneakily get my hands on and don't worry, Iowa fans, it wasn't from Alex, but like, I do think it was when I was watching it, it was, I mean, it was really good stuff and and it just, you could, if I'm the Minnesota DC right now, I'm like, okay, what am I going to play against these guys? Cause right now I'm kind of getting gashed either way.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, and not, I don't want to ever knock on other players, but I think when you have Spencer back there a defense is easily able to basically say, we're going to stop the run. And if, if you're not running the ball, we're going to get pressure on you regardless. And we're going to sack you because yeah. we're only going to give you two seconds. And Spencer can't get out of the pocket. Um, one of the things, one of the, my favorite throw of the entire night, I think is on, I believe it was second down or third down. We were backed up in our own end zone and we do a play action bootleg. And he just drills a beautiful pass to Keegan Johnson. where only Keegan Johnson can catch the ball also on the run. I don't think that play is called a Spencer Petrus is back there because if Spencer Petrus is back there and he rolls out and a defensive end crashes on him, he's screwed. That is a safety for sure. So what are your thoughts? Do you feel like that play was called with the idea that Alex might be a better player to run that specific type of play? And could we see that more in upcoming games?
1: Yeah, I think anytime you're talking boot stuff, that mobility helps, right? Anytime I can get out of the pocket, it's going to make my line of sight easier. It's going to make the angles better. So I do think, you know, I, I don't know if it was called necessarily because, you know, Alex versus Spencer. I do think Alex is a great – boot. I, I think he's great on the run. I think he's a good boot player. And to me, if I'm an Iowa fan, like, listen, I have to watch a bunch of Broncos tape all the time, and I hammer Teddy Bridgewater about this all the time. The, the Broncos run that same boot action all the time. Teddy throws it to the flat every single time. And the flat's usually always open, but usually it comes up, gets tackled for three. You know, I'm watching that, and Alex bangs the comeback on the sideline. <laughs> Which to me is like, you know, if you've watched any of my Broncos breakdowns, you know, that's like the my number one pet peeve is if you just take the flat. So Alex is going to get an earful if he would have just taken the flat. He, uh, I mean, he ends up doing a good job and hitting the comeback. And I do think it's one of those things that you just have to think about all the layers of the offense. Now, if boot action is something that they can really get into and lean on. Well, now that backside DN – so, again, why do we run boot? Well, we want to leave the backside DN unblocked, and we want to do that in zone run game as well. So you run the boot to try to get him to play upfield. So now if they play upfield, now you can cut back in the zone, or he just doesn't pursuit and chase and then make a tackle from behind. So I think all these things add up and they build on each other. And the thing – and that's why it's so important, like, accuracy with the deep over and that deep post is because – If I'm Iowa, I can only run that play two or three times a game. So I've got to hit them when I throw them. And that's why teams, sometimes against teams that, you know, don't have an accurate passer back there, they feel comfortable loading the box because they're like, hey, they're going to run deep over against us three times. They're going to hit one of them. Maybe he'll sail the other two or dirt one. And that's why, you know, you see some, I mean, Wisconsin right now, you can see teams are loading the box against them and they're thinking, hey, you're not going to hit it that often. Um, and that's where it's, it's one of those things that I do think the most important thing is whoever's under center for Iowa is that you're hitting those because you don't get, you know, you can't run it 12 times. You can really only run it three or four times. And when they're open, you got to hit them. Cause that's the only way that you're going to get them to kick back in a two. But I do think that boot action is a big deal to, to kind of keep that backside D end at bay. And it's really going to help, uh, you know, any of the zone running action that they, any of the zone stuff that they do, mm-hmm. it's really going to help the run game too. So, um, kind of a win-win.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, one of the things I wanted to talk about as well is to a degree, it felt like Iowa was calling a lot of quick passes, um, a lot of designed plays where you have one or two reads. I'm not a quarterback guru. I don't watch all 22 like you. Is that what you saw as well initially to get Alex going? Um, and I wanted to can you just kind of walk us through some of the the read progressions he was doing um, after he got, you know, at post snap essentially? I just wanted to cuz uh, to be yeah. fair, the reason why I'm asking this is like some people you you can see the the game and you're like, "Oh, he only had one read." I don't know what's actually happening on the backside and stuff like that. So can you walk me through
1: that? Yeah. So there's, I mean, (laughs) it's all nuanced, right? So like, just let's just take the first, we'll take the first three plays, for example. So the first place tight end screen, right? Quarterback, your only thing is we're going to do our play action and we're throwing screen. Super easy play. The next play is something we would call like samurai, but it's a variation of it. Because instead of running the deep post, Iowa was running what we would call an ultra high, which is like a high angle corner. So as a quarterback on that one, you've got run action, and then you're going to alert the ultra high. Or, I mean, again, like, do I know for a fact what Iowa does? No. Do I know how basically every single NFL and college team reads this? Yeah. So you're going to look at the ultra high. So that's your first progression. And then you're going to get down to the deep over. So he had a second progression on that play. Then the next one, they're like in Twins left. We would call it Twins left shotgun, scat left sticky X go. On that one, what you're going to do is it's the stick concepts you read. And you read that, hey, we're going to read this. We call it a sticks, S-T-I-X. means it's a mandatory out from number two, the number two, the slot receiver. The number three, the guy closest to the quarterback, he's on just a stick route, five yards, tight outside turn. So you read that sticks to the stick. But there's an addendum, which means, hey, if we have, we called it Oprah when I was in St. Louis, off press or rotation away, throw the backside one-on-one. So what he ended up doing on that play, I would assume, is, hey, okay, based on Oprah, I'm going to work the backside one-on-one, and then he throws a great 50-50 ball. So you could say, hey, he hit his first progression on that. But in reality, it's like, no, he actually hit his coaching addendum, which would be essentially like, hey, our fourth place to go with the ball. So to me, it's like, there's just so much nuance with quarterback yep. play. It's like, it's like when you watch Aaron Rodgers, right? If you watch Aaron Rodgers play,
0: That's a, a sticky like, subject.
1: Yeah, true. I guess right now, but if you watch Aaron Rodgers play, right, hey, he threw the post, and people are like, "Well, was his first That's where his eyes were. Well, it's like progression number three. He's just manipulating people on one and two. So it's like kind of the nuance of QB play. But I would tell you, just in the first drive alone, there wasn't like outside of screen. There was no one read plays for him. It was hey, okay, I got to work through all this and then get to it. So I do think, you know, that's something that it's hard when you're just watching it because it looks like these guys play with so much decisiveness. But when you really unpack the play, there's just so much that goes into it.
0: All right, y'all. Tim and I have talked a lot about Alex Padilla, and what he brings to this Iowa Hawkeye offense. And if you want to make any bets on this upcoming game, Iowa versus Minnesota, you have to do it at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is my number one spot for all my basketball and football action this season, and they are back and they are better than ever if you've tried them before. They have a new web interface for the start of basketball season. They got more props, odds, and lines than ever before. So if you want to try this out, head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you need to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest, and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. This is why all of Iowa Twitter, if you're listening to this, you need to follow Tim Jenkins because he's <laughs> going to tell you what is actually happening in the game. Uh, you would not believe some of the takes uh, we get on Twitter in regards to Iowa Hawkeye football and what what the quarterbacks are doing. Uh, one of the things I noticed in regards to Alex, I felt like ball placement, It was, there's a difference between being accurate and placing the ball in the right spot. Right, Accuracy is graded on whether or not the guy catches the ball, whether it's catchable in a degree, but there's also – and accuracy in the component of, does the guy get the ball in a spot that no one else can get to? Is it the perfect spot for him to catch it and maybe go for a run? The Charlie Jones is a great example. Were there any concerns from a ball placement perspective outside of maybe that screen and that ball in the dirt? Everything else to me looked pretty darn perfect.
1: Yeah, I think the scramble drill, I would like to see him complete on the sideline. I think there's the, we called it a mag route, but it's like a 10-yard wrapped in that obviously he dirted. We talked about that earlier. So I think there were some, I mean, I got to be honest, like the deep over in the end zone that got dropped, I think, was an unreal ball placement. Because to me, there's like, there's the stuff where it's like, hey, like it's a good enough ball. Right. And then there's the things where it's like, wow, like that's a, like you would we would call it a plus plus. Right. Instead of yep. just one, it's two. That deep over that was dropped was one. The high snap on the on the big in route like that was another. I think there's 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 times where it's like the ball placement matters so much. And those times I felt like he really did well this game. There was an in route too that he just like stuck on someone's chest that, you know, that's the thing that sometimes was a knock on him when he was coming out of high school was velocity. And it was one of those things that I always thought was like, it, it was an unfair knock because I thought Alex just understood who he was throwing to. And at Cherry Creek where he played, he played in a pro style system that sometimes, you know, there's receivers, but some of their tight ends weren't the greatest pass catchers on planet Earth. Not a knock at the kids. They just like, so it was like, a yeah, he'd touch things up and people would knock his velocity. And I'm like, listen, dude, like if he <laughs> needs to put something on it, he can. But I think it's like one of those things that kind of unfairly gets graded on some of these kids that it's like, well, he doesn't throw everything 80 miles an hour. Well, he doesn't have to. But, you know, there were a couple in routes that I saw him shoot with extreme velocity where it's like, that was to me, the stuff that, kind of I think silenced maybe a lot of critics that were you know didn't think he could do it at the Big Ten level well I mean he just stuck you know a couple of in routes on people and then you knew that that was a non-issue so I I, I do think he did really well at the ball place but I think there were obviously three or four that that I would have liked to see in a better spot or just completed in general um but I mean you kind of expect first, that when you're yeah. not running with the ones and if you're first <laughs> you know, game going on the road. I just think there's a lot of things that add up to, hey, it's a heck of a first outing. I, you know, if you're playing an FCS team at home in week three, it's a different deal, right? You 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 have different level expectations. But you get thrown in, and I don't care who it is, if you go into a, a conference game with your backup quarterback, sometimes people aren't excited about that. And to me, it was like, I think people came out of there more excited after watching the Northwestern game.
0: Yeah, I was literally in a brewery watching it on my phone. It was my buddy's birthday, and so he's like, I want to do this. I didn't expect Iowa-Northwestern to be a freaking night game. So I'm watching yeah. it on my phone the entire time. And I'm like, Alex is – like, I, yeah. I got a little bit too excited. Uh, and then he started making plays. My wife's like, can you shut the hell up? Like, you're embarrassing all of us. I'm like, you see what's happening on my phone right now? Uh, so I, was, I was getting pumped up. Uh, Tim, we don't have a ton of time left. Anything else you want to add in regards to Alex uh, that you saw on tape that you want to make sure Hawkeye Nation knows?
1: No, I thought he, I, I just thought he did a heck of a job. I thought the guys around him did a really good job. The, um, you know, everyone's going to be mad because they're like, you don't know everyone's name. But like the the running back, number 15, I think that gets yep. a heck good think. player. Yeah. I think he's a, I think he's a darn good player. And I think that's going to help, you know, to me, if I'm that kid, that's who's, who should be excited. Yeah. You're sitting there and it's like, if I can force teams into too high, like I'm, my yard for carry is going to go up. So I do think there's a lot of things that, that he can add to the offense. But no, it was funny because I, Listen, I was hanging my Christmas lights. I I'm a do the Christmas lights early guy and not turn them on because I'm not oh, trying man. to fall off my roof. Yeah. So I was doing the Christmas lights and my neighbor across the street played baseball in Iowa and he walks out and he just said and he yells over at me. He's like, Padilla's in. So it's like I'm like trying not to fall, getting off my roof to go in and watch the game. So I think we we're all kind of uh we were pumped up. So it's uh it's exciting. I'm gonna go to the game this weekend, so I'll have to uh you going? Have to let you know how it goes yeah i I found a cheap flight and i you know listen you can't fly into iowa city so i gotta go into some i gotta go to cedar rapids i'm learning all about the state of iowa right now trying to figure out where i'm gonna stay and all that
0: (laughs) well if you need uh if you need any suggestions let me know i got i got you covered uh it's unfortunate i'm actually going to the minnesota or the illinois game in two weeks oh love it yeah so if you do decide to get cheap flights let me know you can come tailgate we'll have a we'll have a good time uh but tim as always yeah, seriously, it'd be it'd be a blast. Let me know, though. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure having you on. I know you got to get going, but where can folks find all of your work? You're breaking down quarterbacks across the NCAA and the NFL every single week uh, and doing it in such a digestible way that it's like quarterbacking for dummies is how I call it. it <laughs> you understand it so well, but you do it in a way that common folk like me can actually understand what is going on in the game. So I really, that's a skill that not a lot of people have.
1: Oh, I appreciate it, man. anybody can, They can just check it out on Twitter at T. Jenkins Elite or – have a YouTube channel, all things QB, and you know they can they can watch whatever. But it's a blast! It's a blast. If you have any questions, just tweet them at me. I try to I try to respond as long as they're not laced with like, "Hey, I hate you." So as long <laughs> as it doesn't have that first, I've uh, I've usually tried to respond. <laughs>
0: I'm sure sure Ben Albright wishes wishes he didn't have all that hate on every single tweet at him as well. Well, Tim, it's been a pleasure, man. As always, Hawkeye Nation, appreciate you all tuning in. Hope this uh, gave you a little bit more perspective on Alex Padilla's performance. And make sure to tune in tomorrow as we do a crossover episode with Daniel House of Gophers Guru covering the Minnesota-Iowa game. Have a fantastic Thursday, y'all, and let's go Hawks.